This is Awakened Path Radio, giving you the tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. I'm your host, Dr. Candace Nadine Green. Welcome to Inspirational Monday here on Awakened Path Radio. Today, our guest is Reverend Connie Habash, who has helped hundreds of students and clients overcome their anxiety and spiritually awaken for the last 25 years. Her experience as a yoga teacher, psychotherapist, and interfaith minister create a transformative synergy of body, mind, heart, and spirit. You can find out about her workshops, retreats, and awakening from anxiety programs on her website, www.awakeningself.com. Hello, Connie, and welcome back to our show. Thanks so much, Reverend Candice. Thank you. So you have a forthcoming book. Could you tell us about it? Yes. It's um, called Awakening from Anxiety, A Spiritual Guide to Living a More Calm, Confident, and Courageous Life. It's going to be released by Mango Publishing sometime this summer, I think in August. And um, it's really a culmination of a lot of the work I've done over the last 25 years with my clients and students because I see a lot of people who struggle with stress and overwhelm, worry, and of course, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very good. And I look, can't wait to, to read your book when it comes out. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, I wanted to give something in particular to people who are spiritually oriented because I think that um, those of us on the spiritual path are a little bit more prone to anxiety. I don't know if I mm-hmm. talked about that in the last show, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, more, we're more sensitive. We're, we take in our surroundings more. We're more aware of how other people feel. And when we hear of events or see on the TV or podcasts or, mm-hmm. or um, you know uh, YouTube or whatever events that are going on on social media we feel very empathically for others who are suffering right. so I think that there's some particular things to address for those of you us on the path of awakening um, regarding stress and anxiety and it's very good that you you know you're being a resource for those who are spiritually you know on their spiritual path because there aren't that that many of the types of resources that we're talking about today for people who are on their spiritual path it is is often assumed incorrectly that um, people who are on their spiritual journey don't get anxious they don't have anxiety right. they're supposed to be problem free which is so totally incorrect <laughs> yeah well you know i call that the saint syndrome Mm, um, right. it, it, I have a whole section in my book about the mistakes that spiritual people make mm. that actually perpetuate their anxiety. Mm. And um, the first one is perfectionism. And there, a lot of times we're drawn to the spiritual path, number one, because we want to you know, connect to the divine in a deeper way. But also mm. sometimes we think, oh, then I'll become perfected. I'll be, become, you know, um, uh, we have this idea that people who are enlightened have no flaws, right? Right. And so then we think we need to become saints and we need to look like saints and mm-hmm. act like saints and talk like saints and 
wear white and glide down the street and people floating. You know, and it's just yeah. not, it's not real. Right. <laughs> <It's> not, um, <laughs> we're human beings here on the spiritual path, right? right. And um, to expect that of ourselves or even want that, I, I want to be authentic. I want to be real. I want to be who I am and, and down to earth and not put on a facade of how I think I should be. And that, that causes so much stress. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it causes so much stress to, because, uh, you know, spirit, spiritual people trying to walk on their path are under the expectations by people who don't understand that they're these perfect people that, you know, you shouldn't get angry. Aren't you about peace and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've heard that so many times. Oh, you, you're not peaceful right now. Aren't you supposed to be a peaceful person? blah, blah, blah. And it just creates so much stress for the person on their spiritual path because we, we, we're under the, we, we think that, okay, everyone thinks I should be X, Y, and Z, but inside I'm not. So maybe I'm not really a, a, a spirit. Maybe I'm not really authentic spiritual person and blah, blah, blah. And then comes this anxiety and followed by depression and all of that. It's, it's Absolutely. so just, Insane. It sounds like you you understand, you get it. And I'm glad that you brought up anger because yeah. um, a lot of people think anger is unspiritual. I, mm-hmm. I wrote a blog about this on my website. Um, and anger really is, you know, all our emotions right. happen for a reason. And so there's a message to the anger. And there's the anger is usually trying to help us set better boundaries. Um, helping us take action when there's harm or when something isn't okay with us. It gives us the energy to be able to do that. And so as long as we work with it mindfully, consciously, and respectfully to not you know, harm anyone else in it, but we really look at that energy and what message it's trying to convey, then it can be very helpful um, in our personal growth, in our spiritual growth, and in the world. So we can work with those emotions in a very helpful way. And and that's another mistake that I talk about in the book. It's called, you know, you may have heard light to light. This was a pretty common phrase back in the 80s and 90s when the new age spiritual movement was big and people were trying to go to the light and avoid all of the shadow stuff, which, you know, is the undesirable emotions or thoughts or any of that. And what that tends to do, which what you were alluding to, Candace, is that we end up repressing those things when they come up on us, our, our fear, our anger, etc. And then it manifests in that anxiety, that um, trembling in the body, that constantly worried, that tension um, that, you know, sometimes it arises up very strongly and heart racing. And we wonder what's going on. Well, sometimes what's going on is the anxiety is letting you know we've repressed things that need to be addressed and healed and worked with and listened to. Hmm. Now, you say you have a whole section in your book that speaks about Mm -hmm. um, mistakes that spiritual people create that uh, causes them to be uh, anxious. Uh, Mm -hmm. So what are some other mistakes that you see spiritual people making that results in anxiety? One is leaving the body. Mm -hmm. So... A lot of us on the spiritual path already might be unconsciously leaving our body, which is when we kind of space out and we go off into our imagination. It's very common for a lot of people, and, and we're not present here in our body. We're off somewhere up in our head or even 
you know, even out of our head, you know, <laughs> up in an imaginal realm or even a spiritual realm sometimes. Um, of course, you might be familiar with out-of-body experiences, which can happen on the spiritual path, can happen in deep sleep and meditation. And that's fine as long as we're not using that as an escape. Um, and as long as we're not doing that throughout our day when we really need to be present and grounded in our body. And so what happens is, you know, our body is, first of all, it's part of us. We are in this body, in this lifetime, and our cells all have an intelligence and a consciousness of themselves all working together for our highest good. But our and so our body needs us to be here. <laughs> our body needs us to be here in the body, um, even down to a survival level that the body can sense when we're not really present, mm -hmm. embodied. And that is an alarm bell to the body because then it's like, nobody's home. Uh, who's here taking care of the ship? Who's here right. looking out for what's going on around us, making sure that we're safe, making sure we're, we're dealing with something if it comes at us. And so <clears throat> we might go out of the body supposedly to kind of escape the stressors or the you know, the, the darkness of the world or whatever it is, but we end up actually creating more anxiety for ourselves because our body feels abandoned. It feels like no one is home here to take care of what needs to be taken care of mm. in this 3D, third dimensional physical reality. Well, that's very interesting that you say that. So, <laughs> I mean, we, we don't often think that we need to be, I mean, people don't fully understand what present means sometimes. So they're all over the place and all over the place instead of concentrating on what's going on right at that moment. Now, in your, your book, you have seven keys to overcoming anxiety. Now, mm -hmm. could you tell us a little bit about these keys and what are they? Yes, yes. Um, I'll go into them a little bit and I think maybe in our next show we can go into them in more detail, mm -hmm. but um, the first key is presence. Is mm -hmm that practice of being right here, right now in this moment, as it is, mm. embodied. And, and actually the next chapter is about embodiment following that. Um, but a lot of times, I mean, when you were, um, when I was talking about not being in your, our bodies, you can be doing yoga mm. or running or at the gym on the treadmill and not be in your body. And I see it all the time. People are on the treadmill and they're reading the paper or they're right, right. <laughs> you know, um, not necessarily spiritually leaving their body, but they're just not really embodied. They're not in their body feeling the action of their muscles and their bones moving and their joints and their breath and their heartbeat. And you now people might think, oh, well, isn't that boring to be in the body? Um, because we're so addicted and so accustomed to constantly being entertained. Um, but what's interesting is that when we get back into our bodies and into the present moment as it is, and really start to, to be present with the people around us and with the tree that I'm looking at right now outside my window and the, the water on the ground and the puddles from the rain that we had last night and feeling my breath in my body, I feel my whole nervous system begin to calm down. Mm. And I actually start to feel more alive and more connected to everything around me, connected to the windowsill here, connected to 
my cat Milo, who's curled up on my lap. Aww. Yeah, that, that life becomes more rich here in the moment. And rather than escaping to where we think it's more interesting, mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that kind of sad that we right. might think it's more interesting, uh, like in the state of meditation? Oh, meditation is wonderful. I love being in meditation. Or more interested, you know, texting or reading the latest on social media. <laughs> That can all be interesting too, but this moment right. as it is, is rich and profound. And when I'm here right now, not only do I feel that aliveness, but um, I was listening, I forget who I was listening to the other day, some other podcast or something talking about the necessity of boredom. Oh, it was one of my coaches, Lord mm. Cal. Um, we, need, we need those ordinary times of folding the laundry or whatever, because that's when spontaneous thought and ideas and creativity arise. That is so um, true. That is, yeah. <laughs> that is so, so true. I do a lot of laundry yeah. folding, so I understand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> we have a family. It's like constant, right? Really? <laughs> being present, you know, being present when I'm, you know, lifting weights or I'm doing yoga, I'm out on a hike. Mm. There's so much to explore and, and notice and be with in the world through our senses and there's so much that can arise then up in that empty space we need the empty space mm. in order for something new to come in that's where our spiritual awakening comes in is in the empty space that's why we meditate to right. help cultivate the empty space but we can cultivate that throughout our day with presence so, yeah it's in- oh go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, well, it was interesting you talked about um you know, you mentioned a treadmill and we, you know, when you go to the gym, everyone has earbuds in their ears. Right. No not that many people are, you know, probably like the elderly people. When I, when I've, when I, the times I've been at the, the local Y here, I've seen um, a lot of the elderly people didn't have uh, earbuds. They would be talking and chatting up their friends while they were on the, on the, the, the equipment, which was, which is interesting because all the younger people had the earbuds and they weren't talking to anyone. They weren't in their own zone, which is, mm. which is so, you know, it's such a contrast because you see that, you know, from an outside point of view, the, the elderly people are in the, are in the present moment. They see their friend, they're talking to their friend and they're not blocking anything out. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And even if they're not speaking to their friend, they're just there on the machine. And the younger people who believe that they have to have the, you know, listen to their podcast and listen to music or the radio or the news or whatever, they have their earbuds in and, and they are sort of multitasking, multitasking the, the present moment, which doesn't allow anything to come in because there's no open space Yes, in, in the mind. There's no open space. That their their bodies doing the exercise and their mind is is uh, being overloaded by whatever they're listening to, and there's no space for anything to come in. And we wonder why we don't have a lot of uh, creative ideas sometimes, and that's because we block we block whatever you know we block whatever openings could be there by multitasking our lives. Yes, we definitely fall into the trap of multitasking during this generation. And yeah, um, it's it's like the new. It's like if you don't multitask, you're not seen as being productive. Yes, I think that that's um, that is a stigma right now in our culture um, is constant productivity. And mm-hmm. what we've forgotten is that 
um, productivity actually and and being able to come up with these creative ideas and insights requires some of that space. Um, that's something that I've been learning is actually taking more breaks in my day and more time to just be and go outside. I have a little video on my Facebook page going outside and walking around barefoot in my front lawn. Um, I love that. A lot of people can't do that right now because there's a lot of snow and ice. Oh, here too. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not here where I am, but I know where you are, yes, and where a oh, lot yes. of people listening are. Um, but even just going out in your boots, you know, in your mm -hmm. coat and your muffler, right. right? And just being outside and breathing the fresh air and yeah. and and being present with everything around if it's you know snow coming down and the snowflakes landing on your nose and your eyelashes and mm -hmm. um you know taking in the wintry scene or where i am you know right now it's raining and so going out just feeling a little bit of the rain on my face and my hands um smelling the fresh air and it's that connection it, with nature yes you know? well nature is a huge aspect for me of my spirituality and of calming times when I'm anxious or stressed. Mm. Um, I was just actually looking at a video about um, grounding and birthing, which mm. maybe you've heard of. Mm -hmm. I have. You walk barefoot out on the earth um, yes. and you receive the, um, the ions and then mm -hmm. I think it's the, the negative ions or whatever it is from the earth. Mm -hmm. to, that balances out, it's designed to balance out the nervous system and the whole body to keep the body connected to the earth. Um, and it helps the electrical system in our own body yeah. be more healthy. So there's physical reasons, uh, mental and emotional reasons, and spiritual reasons to connect now, to me. That's one of my favorite things to do when the weather's warm is to go out in the yard and in my garden barefoot and my kids mm -hmm. do it too my husband do it we're, we're all a bunch of barefoot people mm -hmm. and it, it is the most exhilarating feeling i mean you actually feel different you can feel it you feel like you're being energized likewise going out i i, I can't stay in the house sometimes i need to just break out so sometimes i just go out for a walk or just go even if there's snow i go walk in the snow in my in my backyard because um, that's a really good good walk um, and, you know, head to the, the garden and look at it, even though it's covered in snow. But even that, it's it just, just being outside. And we have a lot of trees. We have a woods. So it's, it's very, very nice. And it's so peaceful. And if I'm stressed and I go out and I just I find the picnic table that we have in the yard and I sit there or I sit on the bench in my garden and I just I, I soak it up. Soak, soak up the nature around me and it's so the most peaceful feeling i go inside no headache i feel so much better absolutely i do too and i love the feeling on my feet you know mm -hmm. to be able to feel um the, the slate steps yeah. um, on my path in the backyard and the grass oh the grass is beautiful you know, i love feeling grass on um, my toes soft and, and cushy mm -hmm. um, you know, what, is it moist or is it dry? You're kind of feeling that and walking along, you feel like you're actually in relationship to the earth. And most yeah. of the time we're going around disconnected. You know, we're in rubber soled shoes and then we're getting in a car and mm -hmm. then we're walking on, you know, pavement and then we're going into a building and we're never really mm -hmm. in palpable connection with the earth and all animals, you know, they're constantly, they're always in connection. Right, with the earth. right. 
they're going to be the birds, you know, that are landing on a tree. But right. um, and and so we tend to forget that we are part of this planet, and yes. it's important to cultivate that relationship with the planet we live on. I like that. You know, it actually make, makes makes my um me look at the seasons differently, how my children behave when in the the warm season when they're able to have their feet touch the ground mm-hmm. and uh, in in uh, adverse, you know, uh, contrast to winter when they can't go out, go outside without shoes without shoes um you know so, be, so then then they're disconnected in the winter time which which is probably why i have so many plants and we do we we have indoor plants all year long and i and i encourage my children to they they have their own plants as well yeah. and they get to touch the dirt because they make them pot them and take care of them and everything like that so that's at least they have some earthly connection even though it's it's freezing outside and there's snow on the ground so, you know, we're coming to the end, but I definitely want to, um, you know, this term spiritual awakening, a lot of people may not understand what it means, especially those people who are not on a spiritual path. Could you explain um, the term spiritual awakening and what evidence of this can we see in today's world? Well, I think spiritual awakening is, first of all, it usually starts with some longing or something within us that feels like, gosh, isn't there, isn't there more? Isn't there more than just, you know, my, my job? I, I was almost going to say nine to five job, but those don't exist much anymore. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, my, my 10 to 16 hour day yeah. job. And um, at least here in Silicon Valley where I live and, <clears throat> and not many people are working nine to five. Um, and, you know, having a family and, you know, going to the gym and, you know, going out on the weekend or whatever it is, you know, the the things that we think are the ordinary, normal part of life, that people are seeking meaning and connection to something greater than them. Mm. And so a spiritual awakening to me is that initiating that process and the, the continuation of that process of connecting more deeply to what I call the divine, people might call that God or goddess or Hmm. Buddha or nature or the universe, the cosmos, um, love, life, um, something much bigger than ourselves. Hmm. And the spiritual awakening process for me includes um, greater awareness of who I really am, um, awareness of my thoughts, emotions, and my body, um, healing and transforming whatever psychological issues might be blocking my ability to love more unconditionally, to be more present, to um, allow that experience of inner peace to come in. That's one of the ways that we know that we're connected to something greater is that sense of inner peace and that sense of trust in the I always say trust the process, that there is a process of our life that is part of something much bigger than us and guided by that mm. and guided by our own higher self which is the we might say our soul or our spirit um and everything that's arising in life is part of that process and we can be carried through that as we align ourselves with that and allow that 
to guide us through whatever happens in life. So I think spiritual awakening incorporates all of that, but especially an expansion of awareness and a consciousness of more than just my personal self, beginning to connect to um, all that is, which is to me the, the divine manifest. The divine is manifest in everything here in the universe. And so as we connect more to ourselves and each other and to the planet, we're expanding ourselves to connect more to the divine. Well, Connie, do you have any um, upcoming events or publications that you would like to share with our listeners? And how would listeners contact you for more information about everything that you do? Yes. So um, here in the San Francisco Bay Area, I have a women's retreat. Um, it's my spring, spring one-day women's retreat. It's um, called this year, Awakening the Authentic Self. And so being our more true, real, down-to-earth, authentic in the world and being able to express that confidently. That's on Saturday, April 13th. Um, as I said, I have my book, Awakening from Anxiety, coming out. Um, the target date with the publisher is early August. And you can find out about that. And I'm going I'm creating right now a online program based on the book for people around the world to be able to work through and release their stress, overwhelm, worry, and anxiety and use it as part of your spiritual awakening. So all of that can be found out on my website, Awakening Self, that's S as in Sam, E-L-F as in Frank, dot com, and you can sign up for my newsletter or take my little anxiety assessment and you can receive a free practice to help calm yourself when you're stressed out and anxious. Well, thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you for being on our show today, Connie. It's a pleasure as always speaking with you. It's been wonderful, Candice. Thank you so much. Thank you. And keep doing the good work that you're doing. Thank you. Joining us on Awakened Path Radio. Please check us out at www.awakenedpathonline.com. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Nadine Green, and you are listening to Awakened Path Radio, giving you tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. Namaste and blessed day.